0: Welcome, one and all, to episode 334 of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor. And this time around, we have a very special hour one edition of the podcast. It is deep down and dirty quality music discussions, some hot button topics for hard rock and metal. Coming up next... Ready. Let's do it. Joining me for this episode are Jeremy Weltman, Johan in Sweden, and Metal Dan. Among the topics that we discuss are Rolling Stones' 100 Greatest Heavy Metal Songs, Metallica Buys Vinyl Pressing Factory, Record Store Signings, Ozzy Touring in a Wheelchair, Rick Allen Attacked, and Def Leppard announcing Drastic Symphonies. So it's a fun discussion with them about all of these topics. Some good, some not so good. But hey, if you're accustomed to listening to the show, you know exactly what you have in store. If you want to check out previous episodes of the show, just go to SignalsFromMars.com. You'll find links to Apple Music or iTunes Uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Pandora, Um, there's a bunch of of others that you can check out as well as uh, where you can watch replays of the video version off of um, YouTube and Facebook and Twitch, Twitter, and what else do we have going on here? Yeah, those are the main ones. There's there's a few other ones uh, around the world in smaller markets as well. And you can also follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Reddit, Telegram, and Mastodon, and some of the other places for podcasts that I didn't mention were Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeart, uh, I mentioned Pandora, Stitcher, Player FM, Ghana, Geosavant, Deezer, Podcast Index, Podchaser... Blueberry or just straight up RSS. I know that some people are having difficulties with the shows showing up on say Google Podcasts and a few others. You could always just subscribe to our straight up RSS or just go to Mars Attacks. Yeah, okay. Not that site anymore. Go to signalsfrommars.com and you can find the individual posts for the episodes. and download them or listen to them straight on the website. Whatever works best for you. While you're there, follow us on all these great social media platforms. How about that? You've also got Patreon, which is where the three gentlemen that are guesting on the show today are from. They are my patrons. And it's one of the perks to being a, a patron is being able to appear on these hour one music discussions also we have an upcoming black sabbath discussion that will take place on the 31st of march if you want to vote or be part of that episode all you got to do is become a patron for as little as two bucks a month you also get a bunch of video content posted every day uh, an assortment of questions throughout the week and the victor m ruiz podcast where i go behind the scenes and reveal the curtains and show you where the wizard is and, and all that great stuff. So all that for two bucks. How about that? And as I've been saying lately, if you sign up two bucks, you don't enjoy it. I'll PayPal you two bucks back. But anyway, let's, um, let me just send a shout out to all my patrons right now. Sean Richmond, Chris from decibel geek podcast, Tony Espin, Gene Eugene DX, Anthony Mackey, Ed Ferguson, Johan, who appears on this episode, as well as Metal Dan, Jose, who joins us in the chat. We also have Chris Vaglio from the Song Swap Showdown. We have the Metal Dentist, Gabriel, Brad Dahl, Mr. YardMetal.com. He joins us in the chat for this episode. We have Mike Jones, Jeremy Weltman, who's on the episode as well, Twisted Steve Hoker and steven sailor thank you guys for your support and thank you guys for listening to this episode i say it all the time i know that there's a million other shows you guys could be listening to but it means a lot that you're here listening to this show right now without further ado let's jump on into the episode Welcome, one and all, to the Friday, March 17th edition of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor, and I welcome aboard a gallivanting crowd of uh, (laughs) patrons who join me week after week here. We have Dan in California, we have Jeremy in the UK, and we have Johan. Smiling ever so brightly there, up in Sweden. <laughs> How is everyone today?
1: Very good. Good Friday night.
2: Woohoo!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So um, we have a, a bunch of uh, topics that we've been throwing back and forth throughout the week. Seems as if a bunch of things just kind of dropped in our lap between yesterday and today, but. Um, there's, there's plenty of stuff to talk about here. The first point here, I'm sure Johan is probably going to say right off the bat, who cares? Because we know how much most places in Europe care about, uh, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, Grammys, uh, and uh, Rolling Stones, 100 <laughs> Greatest Heavy Metal Songs. Mm. Uh, have... Have people in Sweden been discussing Rolling Stone's list?
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen much online. But uh, I like that you uh, enlightened me about this list. So uh, it's good to see. So Jeremy sent this to me earlier this week, and I
0: instantly jumped to the top 10. Yeah. Because most of these lists are made usually to troll people, to get clickbait reactions. And right away, there have been, for example, Rob Flynn of Machine Head um, made this whole big post this week saying that no um, n- no uh, testament and no exodus is on the list. So he had problems with that. And then some websites talked about the fact that there was no song on this list that had come out after 2005. So they were questioning the validity of, of this list as well. I mean, I've only looked at 10 through one. Let's see. Um, all right. Let me just count down 25 to one. 25 is rainbow in the dark from Dio 24 South of heaven Slayer. 23, Shout at the Devil, Motley Crue. 22, Caught in a Mosh, Anthrax. 21, The Trooper, Iron Maiden. 20, Round and Round by Rat. 19, Peace Cells by Megadeth. Be good if they used a picture of the band from that era, not the uh, Rust in Peace era. 18, The Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. 17, Back in Black by ACDC. 16, Hallowed Be Thy Name by Iron Maiden. 15, Angel of Death Slayer. 14, Stargazer by Rainbow. That's surprising that that's that high. Um, 13, Paranoid by Black Sabbath. 12, Cult of Personality by Living Color. Love the song, but I don't know if it should be that high. 11, one by Metallica. I have always hated this song. Uh (laughs) 10, Run to the Hills, Iron Maiden. Nine, Holy Diver by Dio. Eight, Raining Blood by Slayer. Uh Seven, Iron Man by Black Sabbath. Uh Six Crazy, Train by Ozzy Osbourne. Five War play, excuse me, War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Four Breaking the Law by Judas Priest. Overplayed. Yeah. Uh, three Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Two Master of Puppets by Metallica. And one black Sabbath by black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, Johan, now that you've heard me 25 through one, do you think that that's a good list?
1: Uh, I actually have read the list, uh, from top to bottom. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, of course it's a good list, because it's all good songs but right. the the ranking is yeah I mean number one Black Sabbath from Black Sabbath yeah I mean <clears throat> that's a, a song for us who are already in the we are already invited to the metal genre but I don't know it's I don't think the number one should be perhaps the number one although it's a Perhaps the first truly metal song, but yeah, it's a. The list is what it is. It's made by people who don't listen to metal yeah. as much as we do. Right. And we have to accept that.
0: And and just so you guys know, I just mentioned that there were sites. I believe it was Metal Injection or or Metal Sucks had complained about. Um, the fact that there was no song after 2005 a number 98 executioner's tax swing of the axe by power trip 2017 so that right there there throws that uh, their validity out out the window um jeremy what do you think
3: i think these lists are, are very subjective um there Obviously, if, if the four of us decided on our top 100, there'd be a lot of overlap, but there'd be a lot of different songs on there. Yeah. Um, you know, you could make a case for some of the songs that are lower down the order to be much higher right. and vice versa. I can also see why they've chosen Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath as number one, because it's like the, you know, it's their first track off their first album. It's kind of like an introduction into the metal genre for many people at that time. Uh, but is it the best metal song? Right. You know, we, most of us would probably disagree. Um I noticed there was a few songs on there that you know I would pick, which weren't even in the top 100. Never mind, <laughs> they should be in the top 10. Right. Uh, and you know, I thought for a long time, what's my favorite heavy metal song of all time? And it, obviously, it's a very, very difficult choice to make. But I, for a long time, I've thought that "Falling Off the Edge of the World" by Black Sabbath is my favorite song because it combines everything about heavy metal in the one song that I like uh it has great melody it has more than one great riff in it it has great solo it has a great singer a great guitarist um and it uh has the lyrics of a a, of a heavy metal song um and to me that you know is is almost almost perfect but obviously you could make a case for your favorites um but if it gets people into metal, I think, um, right. you know, it's a good thing. Um, you know, these sort of lists, people will look at those lists and they'll say, oh, I've never heard that song or I've never heard that one. And, you know, it's worthwhile.
2: Yeah. Dan, your opinion? Oh, it's a mix. You know, Jeremy hit it out with uh, the Black Sabbath Dio song is tops all of those Paranoid and <laughs> Black Sabbath. We're going to talk about Black Sabbath in two weeks, so we'll get onto that track, which uh-huh. is a definite um introduction to to metal but yeah cult personality does not it's overplayed and had its moment and it's done and it's not one of the top songs and it's i don't even know if it's metal to me but then you put in raining blood and um hell yeah but i I don't know what you said about you about 2015 i know that in 2012 i'm checking my thing here and testament did one of my favorite songs that you know is not going to make anybody's top 10 list and now i lose it Uh, The Last Stand for Independence, you know, it's not in any of their set lists. You're not going to talk about that song from Testament. And that to me is like top five Testament songs might be my favorite now of all. That's in 2012. But it is interesting how your list or sorry, their list does not have anything recent except for that one um, swing of the axe, which now makes me curious. What songs do I really think are great after 2015? I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I,
0: I think my my biggest issue is holy shit. Smoke on the water thirty-four. Come on. I, I mean, this is I think all of you guys have made really good points, but a lot of these songs to me are your safe, um, radio friendly songs. Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath is thirty-one. There's just no way fucking Enter Sandman is before that at 30. Um Walk by Pantera 29. Wow. Judas Priest Living After Midnight. Are you telling me that Breaking the Law and Living After Midnight are the only two
2: priest songs on here? Yes, they are. That's a free joke. I'd put Steeler above that song above those songs before any of them. First I, I of all. Would put a ton of songs. And like yeah. you said, with Black Sabbath, again, this is all subjective.
0: Um, do do – fuck. Master of Puppets, okay. I've got no problem with Master of Puppets at number two because that to me is 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 a huge song. Ace of Spades by Motorhead 3. Again, radio-friendly on the radio every day. Um I could think of a ton of Motorhead songs that I like a lot more than this, but I get it. Breaking the law at four is is stupid. War pigs at five, stupid.
2: Crazy train at six. It's not even the best fucking song off of that album, in my opinion. Oh, uh, you want to? <laughs> you know, there are so much better Aussie songs on that one, but it is a good one. But um, yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. But
0: here's, here's my thing with these lists, okay? This is like when people still tell me nowadays, Jimi Hendrix, greatest guitarist of all time. When you look at the automotive industry, no one ever says that the Model T, which was the first car that Henry Ford rolled off of the, off of the assembly line, is the greatest of all time. In music, music is the only fucking thing where the first thing that ever came about, it's the greatest! <laughs> Nothing is ever better. Seriously? You know, out of out of all this stuff, even Iron Maiden. It's Run to the Hills. It's it's The Trooper and that's it and Hallowed Be Thy Name. You're you're telling me that <sighs> Yep. <laughs> I would I would take I don't know how many Iron Maiden songs before all of those. I can't stand at in 2023. I can't stand hallowed be thy name. I've heard that song so many times Uh that if, you know, it's one of these things where I'll listen to it once a year and I'll say, okay, I'm good. Don't need to listen to it again. The rest of the year. Again, Jeremy, I think you brought up the most important point. So this eclipses anything that I have to say. And If this gets kids to check out heavy metal, then I have no problem with this list. So um, my son, for example, I'm trying to think, there was Rage Against Machine Killing in the name of, I, I had to tell him yesterday to stop playing that song because every day this week we had woken up to hearing that song five straight times and I said, uh, okay, let's skip this new song. But I thought you liked this song. I said, yes, but we've already filled the amount of times I can listen to this song the rest of this year. But we're in March. I said, yep, but you hit
2: the spot already. No, no need to listen to this anymore. A girl took me into a club once, and that song was on. It was just beginning. She goes, hang on, watch this, what everybody's going to do. And they all start flipping their fingers off where that chorus starts going. Yeah, I laughed, yeah.
0: I, I have the promo tape for that album, and I remember playing it for my friends and saying, this is going to be big. And they were like, no way. Nobody's going to like this. I'm like, you'll see. Three months later, that song blew up when the album officially came out. so um, All right. Next topic here. Metallica buys vinyl pressing factory. Now, this is the factory that they've been using for all of the reissues these last few years. It's called, is it Foundry Vinyl? Jeremy, is it something like that?
3: Yeah, I think it's Foundry, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, I think this is a smart move. With all the shortages that there have been with vinyl last few years, this guarantees that now they can print their own stuff when they want. They can control the quality. And here's the other thing. For everything that everyone shits on Lars and the band, they care about music. So what's the best thing that could come out of this? Well, maybe Metallica dumps a shitload of money into making more vinyl pressing factories around the world because right now no one. And when we had, um, uh, damn it, uh, Trevor from uh, no Todd, not Trevor Uh, Todd from um, uh,
3: Ripple from Ripple.
0: Yeah. He mentioned how there's five factory, five big factories around the world. And that nobody wants to spend money to make more factories. Well, maybe someone like a Metallica is interested in doing that. Maybe they have enough money to do it. And maybe that's the next logical step for them. You know, it would allow them maybe to tour less or whatever, because there's so much money in vinyl right now that they can make a a decent amount of money, you know, um, making several of these factories and, Printing vinyl for other people. Jeremy, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I think it's good for the music industry. It's good for it's good for vinyl records. It's good for those of us who buy vinyl. Um, they obviously are investing. It might encourage some of the other big bands to do the same. Right. It might not, but you know, they, they could do that and then that they secure their supply as well. But while they're securing their own supply, they're also securing the supply of, of newer music that uses the same label and, mm-hmm. and you know, that's a good thing because I, I feel that, you know, the cost of making vinyl is going up. Uh, so a lot of these vinyl companies are going to be struggling. You know, they're going to be borrowing money, which is a higher interest rates. They're, um, you know, the the demand for certain amount of types of vinyl is is going to be up or down all the time, and you know, it's an economic thing at, at the end of the day, and. I th- I feel it, it's it's going to be a bit of security for an industry which um, you know at the moment people are saying well vinyl's taking off but it's only going to take off as much as people want to buy it right. uh, and if the cost keeps going up you know it's it's a problem um, so yeah I think I think it's a it's a good thing all around really it's good for Metallica and it's good for it's good for the music buyer and it's good for the smaller bands um, I'd like to see more of it really yeah.
0: Yeah, and to your point, we talked about this throughout this week about, you know, I had ordered Empire and Operation Mine crime from Queen Drake on vinyl when they reissued it, uh. and both of those got canceled because they had run out of vinyl. Uh, there was a vinyl yeah. shortage. Since then, vinyl has gone up how much in price? I mean, we were seeing vinyl in the 20-some-odd dollar, 20-some-odd euro uh, for me and now almost everything is 30 plus everything is 32 uh. 37 39 so it's it's gone up uh dan what do you think do you think this makes
2: sense for metallica to to buy their own uh vinyl printing factory god I, I wasn't aware of the news of it so uh, yeah, this is the first I've heard of it. It makes sense. It's a good move for them. They have their own production company, their own label, their own everything. Why not add that to that to uh, do that and to be their, you know, be their own man? So mm-hmm. and then what they can do for others. Absolutely. Why not? They give money away to charity. Some people will bitch and complain, like you will mention sometimes on Twitter of them not giving enough money. But, you know, I yeah, it's, it's a good move and uh, right on for them. Okay, Uh,
0: quick hello to Jose in the chat and Tony, who's just joined us. Uh, The problem is a little bit of both. Uh, After a fire that took place like five or six years ago, um, it took out one of the biggest vinyl uh, printing plants. And due to the cost to rebuild it and actually get people because you have to. apparently you have to hand make some of the parts required um i don't know if that's changed so there was an issue with the crude vinyl itself not being available after that whole suez canal thing and then um and then there's an issue with they're going from you know one of the biggest plants going down being (laughs) going down in flames literally to uh, to there only being five five big plants around the world. There's a lot of small plants around the world, but you know they, we're talking about plants that can print maybe twenty or thirty vinyls a day, as as opposed to you know these plants that are that are printing hundreds a day. So, Johan, what are your feelings on the topic?
1: Well, uh, agree with uh, both Dan and Jeremy. Of course uh, but this made the headline news here in sweden wow both on uh, national radio and national tv mm-hmm. so in some it was big news here uh and good news i must say mm-hmm. of course yeah so this is this is actually all good for us music lovers so yeah, yeah. good work metallica for yeah. once great <laughs> yeah
0: See that? You get the important news uh, as, as headlines. Metallica getting a vinyl factory, buying a vinyl uh, printing plant. Headline news, Rolling Stones, shitty list, nowhere near the news.
1: Of course not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, another thing that, um, that Jeremy brought up this week uh, was record store signings. I forget there was there was something earlier this week that we'd been talking about regarding this and i don't remember at the moment jeremy i'm brain farting so uh, enlighten me
3: (laughs) well def leppard were doing a a signing at hmv in sheffield in in their hometown their home city here in the uk um and so i brought you know i sort of mentioned that and uh you had to obviously buy their new album to actually join the queue uh, and I thought, you know, what do we think of uh, what do we think of signings? Is it something we like to go to? Is it something more bands should uh, should do? Um, and um, you know, is it good? Is it good for bands? Is it is it good to see big bands there, little bands, smaller bands? I mean, over here in the UK, we have sometimes we have a few smaller bands that go around some of the record stores, and they play a, a few songs as well. Uh, they get a big queue there on a Friday or a Saturday, and um, it's a good thing. You know, they, they sell some albums um so you know if you're asking me personally I, I think it's great and i'd love to see more of the bands do it i'd love to see all the big bands go around all the record stores because it, it's great for the record store as well as the yeah. band you know i mean we want record stores to survive not just hmv but all the the independents as well and if you can get people out to a record store you're going to sell not just the copy of that band uh who are there but you might see something else that day mm-hmm. and you'll go home with two or three albums and and that's got to be good for everyone
0: yeah, I agree. Um, Dan, do you think it's fair that they only have or they'll only allow you to buy the new album
2: in order to get a vinyl signed? I guess so. I suppose so. Um, so I'm thinking like the Aussie one that just happened two months ago or so and I didn't go and I should have gone and you know I'm always going to kick myself. So here's Ozzy in uh, Long Beach or Los Angeles, whatever, one of those bigger areas. Right. Um, I think they made you buy, but I think you're going to, if you're going to go there, I think you should be willing to buy it anyways. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Do they Can they force you? Uh, it depends on the level of the musician, I suppose. If it's Aussie, yes, you should have to buy the album. Maybe if it's a lesser band, then you just show up like Queens right back in the day or something like that that I'm thinking of. But right. uh, that's not my call.
3: But, but you could buy any album by that band, couldn't you? You don't have to buy their latest album. Even if you bought an older album that's in the store, it's brand new. You're buying a, you know, a copy of uh, whatever Holy Diver by. Well, it wouldn't be Dio because obviously he's not alive. But <laughs> but uh, you know, a band that's that's going um, buy an older album by them, and you know, you could get that signed as well because yeah. I'd like to get. I'd love to. See, I'd love to meet Def Leppard. I like the. You know, I like Def Leppard, but I'd like to buy High and Dry and take that and get them to sign that rather than their latest stuff, which I hate.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I. I don't know. It, that's a good. I. I could go either way. It's. Uh, it's not my decision. Uh, that's a hard one. Should you be forced to buy the band's album? I. I don't know. I could see it both ways. Johan, are these types of
0: signings, uh, are they a thing in Sweden?
1: I have been to uh, some signings at festivals. Okay. But uh, since I'm living in a, you know, a small town, mm-hmm. so I only see it in the papers and uh, you know, in the social media and so forth. So, uh, but I've been to uh, uh, Nightwish uh, blind guardian and, uh, sick of roll, a hardcore band from, uh, New yeah, York. Yeah. New York yeah. Uh, and those three signings were very, you know, that was good. Shake hands and actually speak to, to, mm-hmm. to the members of the band. So yeah, I like signings. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Good thing. Yeah. So, so, I- Johan, you got to scratch the surface. Yeah, I met them more than once, actually. Yeah, yeah. I have scratched the surface, and I have seen them a lot of times. Yeah.
2: Some of these back in the day, you know, when it was more Tower Records or whatever, warehouse music when they were here or whatever, they would get out of control. So you would have Duran Duran or Depeche Mode or something like that, and you'd hear about, you know, they're going to have a record store signing And the kids would just go crazy and they'd have, you know, riots and stuff like that. So it's a good thing. It's a good promotion, but it could easily sometimes get out of control. Maybe Mm. that's why it stopped. Yeah. I think what Jeremy said makes
0: the most sense, though. I mean, these bands want to sell copies of their albums and they want you to support, you know, smaller stores. You know, they have Record Store Day now all over the world. Bring it back. Mm. you know have it so that these bands are, are there and pushing their stuff uh, you know the other day when when i spoke to uh to joe delaney from yeah. from joe Town, i talked to him about the fact that back in the day you know a band put out an album and they played four five six songs off of that album uh on the tour to to promote it now you have a band that puts out a whole album and you're lucky if they play one song, you know? So how are you going to sell that if you yourself aren't behind the album? You know, that just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Yeah. Maiden should do in stores on the day of the show, like they used to do back in the day to help Mm -hmm. sell those albums and, and Metallica the same and all all this. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: Wondering what Metallica is going to do to break a million this time around since they can't include CDs with the uh, tickets anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you brought Def Leppard up, Jeremy, so we'll go that route. Uh, You mentioned that Def Leppard. Much to almost everyone's surprise, hey, new album, Drastic Symphony is what it's called, and it's them with the London Philharmonic. Who here wants to hear Def Leppard with an orchestra? I mean, is is this a sign that they have no balls at all anymore? I mean, just just to be, uh, I'm being kind of vulgar there, but what the fuck? You know, what's, uh, next step is what, an acoustic album? I mean, what, this makes zero sense a band that's never released, really never released live albums before. If you really think about it, they've done a few VHSs, a few DVDs here and there, but never really a, a big, huge live album that we could talk about. We could also debate whether they're actually live or not. Uh, but um, <laughs> who wa- who wants this album? I, I mean, I I don't get this. I mean, this is like 25 years too late. You know, <laughs> the, the, the orchestra albums were, were a mid nineties thing. It was, you know, it was, you either did an orchestra album or you didn't unplug. It was one or the other. And a lot of bands did both because they didn't make enough money off of the one. So they tried the other AKA, you know, or kiss scorpions, Metallica.
2: I, I mean, list goes on and on. Um, I'd be curious if actually any of the members can speak to it and say they're, that they're really behind it and why they believe in it.
0: I mean, I I heard the the teaser clip that they released is is them doing animal, and all I'm fi- all I was thinking was this sounds like the like the string orchestra version, the the lullaby version that they that they sell for kids. You know, to put your kids to sleep. <laughs> it's what it sounded like to me. Mm. Like, oh wow, that's Joe Elliott kinda singing over. Okay.
3: Mm. I guess I guess there's a, a certain amount of their fan base who are now in their sixties and maybe seventies. <laughs> and they that they, they on a Sunday afternoon they get their newspaper and their cup of cup of hot drink and a few biscuits. Uh cookies in America, of course. <laughs> And uh, they, um, they sit down in front of the fire and they put on their new Def Leppard orchestra album. And they're really enjoying themselves.
0: Yeah. S- same people that are having dinner at 4 p.m. and make sure to be in bed by 5.30.
3: They're the so, same same people. <laughs> the same people.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Johan, coming from the land of all things hard rock and metal, will this album sell more than one copy in Sweden? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, actually, Def Leppard were really big here in Sweden, but I guess not. Uh, I, I think this is a, you know, a miscalculation from the band because they think that we haven't done this before, so we try this. Uh, and I actually I don't. This is. Mm-hmm. Very, very strange, stupid. I would listen to it. Have you heard it?
0: No, it isn't out yet. <laughs> it, it's, it, I think it comes out next month, if I'm not mistaken. So it's, it's ah. a big surprise, you know, nobody knew. And that's the other thing. They didn't even record this. Like most bands that do this, record it in front of an audience. Like yeah. that's what Deep Purple has done twice. That's what Metallica's done twice. That's what Kiss has done. That's what Scorpions have done. Def Leppard, all in the studio. Mm-hmm. So, if there was any question about them doing a 100 million overdubs before.
1: Actually, that's exactly what I'm going to say, Victor. They have, they have done some overdubs before, haven't they?
0: A few, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so... so. My goodness, I, I just—I don't
0: know. I—I I saw it initially when Jeremy, when you sent the, the the whole signing thing to me, and I saw "Drastic Symphonies." I'm like, I'm like, should I ask what the fuck that is? I'm like, I—I I hadn't heard of it, and then I Googled it, and I was like, orchestra album with London Philharmonic. I'm like,
3: no. It, they certainly picked the right title. <sighs>
0: Dr- drastic shitfinies would, would have been <laughs> would
2: have been better to go along with diamond sharp halos. <laughs> well, I saw. I just read the subject line, the headline, and I didn't go any further into it. But Lars is saying that we're kind of all wrong. That Lulu. Um, aged uh, fine and it's great that's and, that's and, and you know everybody could listen to it or whatever so was Joe Elliott gonna say in 10 years you guys were all wrong about our symphony <laughs> album <laughs> we, we were
0: all ignorant as uh, well you know we we all forget that that was Lars's pet project <laughs> trying to pander to the indie rock crowd that was never gonna accept Metallica to begin with and I- I've tried several times to listen to that. I've listened to Lulu all the way through once.
3: Ooh, I've never done that.
0: Yeah, and I've tr- I tried a second time, and I don't even know what song it is. But there's one song where Lou Reed says "Spermless like a girl" for seven straight minutes. Mm-hmm.
2: Once yeah. I get to that part, I d- I'm done. Uh, here in los angeles area we're having problems with our subway metro line as i guess other countries are having whatever so in one of the stations starts; they're starting to play loud classical music whatever to keep people from hanging out too long i think i should tell them metallica lulu in loop over and over if anybody can stay in there for more than one album <laughs> listen through they deserve to stay in there
0: <laughs> oh my god that's I I read that. I read that. People are just ignorant. Mm, I think maybe the person saying it is ignorant. So, yes, Tony is saying Def Leppard Ballet next. Hmm. (laughs) That would not surprise me. And excuse me, but they may have done that already. Um, Because I think after their country music phase, they started doing (laughs) – some uh some shenanigans like that no I'm wrong, but there's plenty of people dancing to Def leopard on the internet I see and that's not that's without mentioning all the strippers dancing to pour some sugar on me um The the other Def Leppard news that came out, came out yesterday. Disturbing as all fuck. Um, Rick Allen getting attacked outside of their hotel in Florida. Uh, We don't know the motive yet, but apparently somebody ran out to save him. And the guy that attacked Rick Allen then attacked her when she tried to get away and run into the hotel he grabbed her by the hair and dragged her back out of the hotel. Apparently the guy ran away and then he was caught in another um, hotel that was uh, adjacent to this one. So some, some sad news, you know, because no one deserves to have that happen. Um, why would anyone attack Rick Allen? I mean, guy obviously has one arm. Um, my, my, my first thing coming from the land of, uh, you know, people getting high off of, uh, salt balls and stuff like that, that this guy must've been high out of his mind to, to attack Rick Allen or, or I don't know, maybe he went up to him thinking that, you know, realizing who Rick Allen was and maybe went up to him asking for money and when Rick didn't have any money or didn't want to give him anything. Maybe that's when he attacked him. I mean, this is, to me, is just, you know, to me, it's sad, regardless what you think of the last few albums. Again, I don't think that Rick Allen deserves that. So, uh, Johan, did this make the news in Sweden? Rick Allen getting attacked?
1: Yeah, it did. Okay. Yeah, it did. Uh, Now, as you said, very sad. No one deserves to be attacked. So, only sad, even though he's a rock star and all that, but... Nothing good about this. Nothing. Jeremy, did this make the news in the UK?
3: only uh you know sort of blabbermouth um, online stuff nothing on the in the in the news on the tv here um but yeah i agree with i agree with johan it's just a very sad case uh, you just wonder whether he was actually targeted or whether he didn't even know who he was uh it sounds like a lunatic um yeah. and you know he obviously attacked the person who was helping rick as well so yeah. he, he, he obviously must have been on something uh you just hope it was a one-off and that Rick's OK and, and um, you know, we don't want to hear this sort of thing again, really.
2: Yeah. Dan, go ahead. So it may, it, to me, it has to be a one-off and it's this wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, Rick Allen has been on the Monsters of Rock cruise a few times in a row and he puts himself out there and he mingles with people. I spoke with him briefly. He takes pictures. He is a super nice guy, and I know he's caught in that moment on the ship, so he probably should be that way. I can't imagine being any other way, even out in public. And this was, I think, at the Four Seasons. So I haven't been that place. I've been in Fort Lauderdale. I can picture everything there. Mm -hmm. It's usually a pretty good area. So I think it's just bath salts or wrong place at the wrong time. Just happened to attack Rick for whatever reason. That's that's too bad, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a shame. Um, you know, the the, the right, guys. They go running down the hallway and avoid people, and they just run and cower. Of oh no, someone's going to approach them. But Rick will stand around with his jacket and just you know sign whatever and smile and absolutely, I got all the time for you. So that's 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 so weird to hear that because
0: you would think that a band like Queensrÿch, you know, would Especially given their the diehard nature of their fans, that they would be much more approachable.
2: Listen to uh, my friend Jason on the uh, YouTube uh, shows and he uh, speaks the same thing. I agree they're non approachable. Wow. this corner only, only only band that I know of
0: like that and I've been told by several touring bands that they pull this with with their opening acts sad to say is anthrax where apparently their roadies tape off the areas where the, uh, opening acts can stand and be, and they're not allowed to, to look at the members of the band in the face or their eyes or anything like that. And, and I'm thinking seriously, like 40 years later, you know, they, they, they were in this position once. Did any band do that to them? Mm. You know, has Maiden ever done that to them? Has Kiss ever done that to them? You know, that's just such a shame. Mm. So, um, the the other bit of news that uh, sort of dropped these last two days, which I don't know if if this is if these are sites in the UK that are trolling us, or if there's any validity to this at all, but. Ozzy touring in a wheelchair. I mean, and right away they brought up, well, you know, Dave Grohl, and Axel Rose, and I mean, if if you want to go the extreme route, Jeff Becerra of Possessed is paralyzed and been singing in a wheelchair for you know a few decades now. But does this make sense after they just canceled? his entire tour, don't you think that this would have been something they looked into before that or was, you know, was the cancellation them collecting insurance money? I mean, I would think that if they ultimately did this, they ended up getting something out of this tour that they just canceled. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't seem doesn't seem like it'll work. Does, doesn't seem like it'll be. Did it make sense,
2: Dan? What do you? <laughs> you know, at the the last few days of uh, Sweet being around the U.S. version, Steve Priest, the bass player, they would help him out, practically carry him to a chair so he could sit down and play bass for everybody and still be part of the band. But that's you know, he probably still needed the money. He might want him to play. Does this make sense for Aussie to come out in a wheelchair? I don't. I don't see it. I think you're being trolled. Yeah. Johan, did this make the news in
1: Sweden? <laughs> no, only on my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> mm. No, this is ob- of course not this. This is not serious journalism. But uh, I wouldn't want to see Aussie in a wheelchair. I saw him perhaps I think it was 2018 and uh, mm, he was over the top back then. And uh, I don't think that he would be any better in a wheelchair. So uh, I'm I'm happy that Aussie retired and uh, I hope he have a really good retirement <laughs> yes. with his kids and his family. And he has a fantastic history. So, yeah. Cool, Jeremy. Being
0: that the story emanates from the UK, has this mm. been news in the UK? Given that both he and Sharon are TV personalities, there, yeah,
3: yeah, they they do get a lot of airplay uh, over here. You know, stuff like that can go on Sky News over here, and you know, the bottom and the entertainment section. And so, yeah, you, you you would get to hear this sort of thing. Um, obviously, you missed off Paul Diano as well. He sat down, and the big problem is that. Um, <laughs> The big problem is that if we'd have said this 10, 15, 20 years ago, we'd have laughed you know, as long as yeah. we could about rock stars sitting in wheelchairs. But there have been several, you've just mentioned them, who, who have been prepared to go out there and do it. Um, so is it impossible that Aussie would do it? No, it's not impossible. It's a, it's, a quite, it's a possibility. Uh, whether I, you know, I don't want to see it, uh, and I hope it never happens. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unlikely, but I think that it's still possible. And, you know, Ozzy himself said that he's thinking about ways that he could maybe play a show where he doesn't have to travel. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, sort of like an Ozfest type thing where he just goes to a, you know, a, an outdoor show and he's headlining or whatever, um, and, you know, if he can't stand up for the full hour and a half, well, let's face it, he's not going to do more than an hour and a half. It's not going to be a two hour show. Uh, but even, you know, it, I, I couldn't stand up for an hour and a half and, and run around the stage and sing at my age. And, and he's a lot older and, you know, f- far more infirm. So, yeah, he they may devise a chair, you know, one of these black Big black chairs in the middle yeah. of the of the stage and he'll be sitting on it with a with a stick uh you know and a, and a hat and a mask and whatever and it'll he'll, he'll be the center of the stage and he might stand up for two songs and then he'll sit down that's what i could possibly see
0: well will, will yeah. they have the areas taped off to where his bandmates can't approach the throne <laughs> like they did with Rudy Sarzo back in the day. This is your this is your square. You can't leave your square. You can move as much as you want within the square, but you can't leave the square.
2: Yeah. Well yeah, uh, two things. Yeah, I wish they would put back the Jack and Ozzy TV show. I don't know if it's made it to yeah. your guys' area. I think it's great having Jack drive that van or whatever and Ozzy sitting there sleeping or drawing or whatever and making crude comments whenever. I think the chemistry is brilliant and enjoyable. And on the same thing, the Jason from the YouTube show does the Steven Piercy thing. And it was said on the show that the guitar players are told to kind of stay away from Steven Piercy, that he has his area and you stay in yours. Just stay out of my way. That's Steven's thing.
0: Uh. That's that's why he's got the brass knuckles. So if anyone gets close enough, he can tap him on the jaw a little.
2: Coming to uh... don't
3: don't encroach on my area, there, Dan. <laughs> yeah, stay away, stay away.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that priest hat for my wife. She's going <laughs> to dig that. <laughs> you sold me one. Just just pass
0: it on up, Jeremy. see if it, see if it appears in his. There you go,
1: <laughs> Johan. What were you going to say? Strange thing. I would. Uh, I would like to. See, I, I. would go and see uh, Phil Collins sitting down. Okay. But, but not Aussie.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, I, that's, I think that's how I feel. I. I don't know why, but I. I don't care if he's standing up or sitting down or playing the drums. I would like to see Phil Collins, and I'm perfectly happy if he if he sat down.
2: That's a good point. You know, Tori Amos sits at the piano and and does what he does – or she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the guy that – yeah, exactly. So why couldn't Ozzy just do that? That's a good point. But that's yeah. – are, are you saying they should
0: duct tape his hands to a piano so it makes it look <laughs> as if he's doing something <laughs> additional while he's <laughs> up there? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I think there's there's a few things there. We all know that Ozzy doesn't have the greatest voice, as Johan alluded to. Um, also, I mean, let's be honest. When is the last time that he's changed anything in his set list? I mean, and we're talking about, at this point, 41 years. I mean, since he, to- he toured... Blizzard of Oz for the first time. I mean, those songs are still make up the majority of his set list. You know, how many songs is he playing off of uh, off of Diary? None. How many is he playing off of Bark at the Moon? Just the title track. Ultimate Sin. Nothing. Oh well, Shot in the Dark. Maybe. Um, no rest for the wicked. Nothing. Uh, no More Tears, maybe two songs. And then, you know, the four Sabbath songs that he does. I mean, when does he ever change his set list? Sure, he's thrown in a song here and there, but it's been a very long time since we've gotten, you know, a, a major shift in, in his set list. Um, so that's that's the difference. I mean, with Phil Collins, Phil apparently still has a good voice. So even if he's not moving around, you're, you're going to hear the voice. I mean, that would be like comparing an Ozzy sitting down to a Dio sitting down. If you know that Dio is going to give you two hours and it's going to be some of the hits with some deep tracks, I think you would say, you know what? I don't care that he's sitting down. I just want to hear that amazing voice. Whereas with Ozzy, I mean, it's it, it's going to be a rough show. <laughs> mm you know and the the i mean good on him because he's got diehards that will tell you oh no his voice is great he sounds awesome he sounds and it's obvious that it doesn't you know there's there's just some people especially w- with the internet that just want to have just want to get that as as they as they say in pro wrestling they're chasing the hug they say certain things so that you get the reaction from that person online. You know, you say something nice about them, so th- so that they mention you, and then no, you know, Ozzy mentioned me on Twitter, when it's probably you know some intern that <laughs> is replying. So, um, Jeremy, real quickly here, you know, since I've fallen behind on new singles and stuff like that. Uh, what new singles have come out this week that kind of jump out at you? I know that you mentioned the Overkill. What, what else is there? Yeah.
3: yeah, the Overkill one was good. It was very typical Overkill. I forgot the name of it, but um, you'll be able to pick it up on, uh, on, on YouTube and where, wherever else. Um, it, uh, so we've heard two songs off the new album now, and I know Dan's excited for this. He, he's got it on order. Uh, and you won't be disappointed. I don't know if you've heard the second one yet, Dan.
2: No, I'm waiting for the album release
3: okay so yeah but you'll like it it's um you know this it's very typical overkill so it's great uh i've been listening to a lot of albums actually today so it's mainly albums rather than singles um i didn't notice whether the rival sons one had come out uh i was looking out for that one i think a week ago but you were saying that the album's been delayed i think so maybe yeah yeah i listened to the the answer um their album today uh, and a few others but everybody's going to have to wait and for our album review of the month which will be out at the end of the month that's it <laughs> awesome
0: uh johan anything new that's catching your ear oh uh
1: perhaps uh just give me a second sure yes i i was talking yeah it is uh
0: Surpri- surprise test that I threw out there at, at Johan. He wasn't ready for, to have, to have a quiz. He thought it would be next week sometime.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, fuck, I don't have the name of the band, but uh, my, my son is, you know, he's 17 and he's listened to hard rock <laughs> and metal. And he listens to new bands. And he had uh, given me this new band. And I will give it to you, but not now. Uh, Okay. There is new bands. Uh, And you presented some good bands as well, Victor, on the Patreon page. Uh, I think that the new Death Stars single were good. Mm -hmm. It's not perhaps metal, but it's... I I like it. It's fun. Uh, Yeah, so... New Death Star seal.
2: Okay, Dan. Anything new that's caught your ear? Surprising to me, and uh, it was previewed a little bit as the Winery Dogs. I've uh, dispelled them as not being relevant anymore, and whatever. It's just a project, and whatever. But I actually I checked it out, and I don't like the entire album, but some of the songs with the way the bass. You can tell like when Billy had something to do with the song, some of that has a vibe like Talos, and it brings back a good memory, or maybe the other uh, Billy Sheehan projects. But when he does that, I like those songs. I think it's the second or third song that I really like. It's kind of the mellow, and it just has that bass tone all over. It's like, that feels really good. So that was a surprise to me that I actually... I wasn't even going to give that album a chance. And I listened to it and it's it's okay. I don't know about the first one, but this new one might be better than the other thing and that I've actually listened to.
0: And the the interesting thing is that they self-released this album where a lot of, you know, the the other stuff was on I don't remember if it was like on Nuclear Blast or something like that, but this one is is self-released. So, I mean, they're obviously calling all the shots with this stuff. Um I I similar to what you said, I listened to the album and I found it to be better than what I anticipated it to be. Because the the earlier stuff honestly just kind of bored me. You know, you have those types of players. It's the same, same problem that I had with Black Country Communion, with uh Chickenfoot. You know, you've got all these big, illustrious players and then it's tamed by comparison to what they can actually do. I mean, I know a lot of people love Richie Kotzen. I'm looking at Jeremy as I'm saying this. Um, but I mean, the Richie Kotzen that I loved is the one that had the distortion all the way up, you know, in the at late 80s, early 90s, who was shredding all over the place. And once he got into all the bluesy stuff, it I just kind of lost interest, but I know Jeremy's into that stuff. So
2: yeah, the Richie Cotton is a singer. I'm not totally invested in and know a lot about, but when I hear him now on this one, especially it kind of reminds me, it makes me sad in a way of Richie. It sounds like Soundgarden would be if they could still be around, you know, and he's dead. So that that's what it does for me. Okay.
0: And, uh, Johan, you want me to read this? Yeah, whatever. Okay, Johan is saying that he has a song for us tonight. Uh, the band is called, uh, if I pronounce this in, in semi-Spanish, semi-English, in, in Spanglish, it would be uh, uh, Tenebre, I guess. In yeah. Spanish, would be Tenebre. Uh, the song is called No Wrong. Not new, but good. We like good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a good song made by Charles Manson from the beginning, but uh, they made an excellent cover for this song. And uh, I have actually opened for them twice during the 90s. So check that song out. It's an honest, uh, you know, tip. It's a good song. Okay. Yeah. Awesome.
2: Uh, Any parting words before we wrap the show up, folks? Yeah, I have one. Okay. And that's your kids telling you, no, that's you telling your kids, I've heard that song enough times, that's enough. That makes me laugh. That makes me smile. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and there are
0: other songs that he migrated to this week that he's heard me play in the car where instantly I said, no more than two times a day because I love this song, you're going to kill it for me. (laughs) Jeremy, any parting words?
3: Yeah, just if you want to hear new music and you want to hear comments from all of us, join Victor's Patreon group. Join now, because it's cheap. Yeah, absolutely. And we're there.
0: Awesome. Uh, Johan, anything else?
1: No. I think you... No. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening. It's This is so good. This is so great.
0: Yes, it, it is always a lot of fun. And to everyone listening or watching live or listening to the replay. I posed this question to Jeremy earlier this week. What will come first? Def Leppard recording a real rock album or John Sykes coming back and actually releasing a solo album that was supposed to come out like 15 years ago. So on that note, (laughs) we will wrap the show up. Thank you to Brad Dahl, who joined us in the chat, Tony as well, and Jose. Thanks, you guys, for your support and for chiming in. And thank you, Dan, Johan, and Jeremy for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Signals from Mars. See you.
2: to the show on all your favorite podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to signalsfromars.com for more information. This concludes our show.